You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. This is the Pain Pod. You want to see pain? Look at these. Please put your pants back on. Welcome to The Pain Pod, the podcast for all things pain management, hosted by The Pain Guy, Dr. Mark Grofoli. We'll be collaborating with numerous pain management experts, talking about substance usage disorders, the latest treatment modalities, and most important, important, focusing on the pain of our patients as leading providers of pain care. And now, here's our host, a man wanted in all 50 states, a suburban city like Mountain Man, without the beard, from the hills of West Virginia, and certified in weapons of mass destruction response, it's Dr. Mark Garofoli. You know, pain affects 50 million adults in the United States and, and costs our nation up to $635 billion annually. Chronic pain prevalence is expected to increase in the coming years due to the aging population, as well as how COVID-19 has impacted the pain factor. My name is Todd Urey. I'm the founder of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, and I am so excited today that we are releasing a new podcast dedicated to pharmacists leading in pain management and pain therapy. And I couldn't have thought of a better person to engage who was on our pharmacy podcast quite some time ago, but he is back. Dr. Mark Garofoli, welcome to your podcast, The Pain Pub. Thank you very much, Todd. And well, if you think you're excited, double down, my friend. I couldn't be happier and more excited to uh, get The Pain Pod rolling. Uh, certainly looking forward to a lot of dynamic discussions over the coming uh, months, years, and whatnot. Uh, as you stated, pain is everywhere. If you're listening, I know you've experienced pain too. Um, this pain guy certainly has had an, some in his career and life as well too. It affects all of us, all of our family, friends, neighbors, colleagues, anyone and everyone. Uh, so what better way to you know get a conversation to really make an impact in people's lives None other than in the pain pod. Absolutely. I'm so excited because, Mark, you are a fellow Pittsburgher. Your wife is a superstar pharmacist and, and the prominence of, of, of her career and what's happened. So I want you to take a pause and give our uh, audience a little background on yourself. Why in the world you wanted to become a pharmacist? And then also um, a little bit about your, your teaching background as well. Happy to do so, Todd. Who doesn't like talking about their own history, right? Well, not everybody, but. Uh, so I, I often joke about, well, where did it all start? Where did you decide you wanted to help people and be a pharmacist? Well, um, this is actually not the answer, but it's kind of one of those funky stories. So flashback to seventh grade, there was a spelling bee. I was in it, and I lost. That's not the end of the story. But you know why I lost? Well, by golly, they asked me to spell relief, and you guessed it, I spelled... R-O-L-A-I-D, 
S. You know that you might have thought about it too. I don't know if everybody would pull the trigger, but I did it. So yeah, I got booted out. But let's just say the career went off from there. Um, we all have this uh, sixth sense in us as pharmacists, I believe. Uh, but that's uh, jokingly perhaps where some of the things started. But uh, just like any other pharmacist enjoying chemistry, math, helping people, science, put it all together. Uh, it's why we get to where we are and uh, to infinity and beyond for everyone, quite frankly. Uh, myself, uh, within the uh, our profession of pharmacy, started out in community pharmacy. Um, actually worked, uh, including school, worked uh, for about a decade uh, with CVS, uh, climbing the proverbial ladder, uh, per se. Uh, but yes, included uh, school of pharmacy time, included um, being a pharmacy manager, or as many of us like to illustriously call it, the pick, the pharmacist in charge. Gotta love our name sometimes, right? Uh, but anyways, doing all that uh, for about a decade, uh, and then uh, jumped off the old corporate ladder and uh, decided to take a pause from community pharmacy. Kept doing it on the side, of course, uh, but ended up going with Humana Healthcare. And that, um, well, unlike COVID times, uh, it was a work from home job. Uh, you know, a lot of people doing a lot of different things, uh, shifting these times during COVID. But uh, was do at that time with Humana Healthcare, I was doing a clinical pharmacy program of MTM, Medication Therapy Management. I know we're all familiar with that, uh, whether it's CMRs or TIPS or whatnot. Uh, but doing that 24-7 or at least eight hours a day, uh, talking with patients all across the country over the phone. Um, absolutely amazing times. I, I always say one of my favorite patient interactions actually was somebody that was at a slot machine in Las Vegas and we did a CMR. Helped that lady like no other, I can tell you. Um, other conversations uh, leading to, um, you know, throughout the pain pod, we'll talk a lot about not just pain management, but uh, the diversities of life for everyone. You know, for any pharmacist, always asking, well, any, whether we call it substances of abuse, illicit substances, whatever. Uh, but anyways, asking a gentleman the, that type of question one time over the phone after meeting him a good hot two minutes earlier, um, his response to that type of substance was, well, Sonny, I smoke up every day that ends in Y. And, uh, you know, think about that. Uh, the, the tone of, of that gentleman, elderly, by the way, uh, would even tell you that, well, he was never asked. And he's been waiting to sell someone. And thankfully, yours truly asked that day. So we went over his drug interactions. Can you imagine anything that interacts with something like 3A4 and, and so on and so on? Um, anyways, uh, so did a lot of that with Humana Healthcare. And then lo and behold, I hopped a plane to go to APHA, our umbrella organization, of course. Uh, that year it was in San Diego. So I flew over 3,000 miles, got off the plane, and I got a, an email from my wife. You mentioned my wife earlier. What a rock star with so many people in wild and wonderful West Virginia and our whole country, quite frankly, for uh, making such an impact in this COVID pandemic. Uh, a little bit different than the opioid pandemic. Wait a minute. Did he say pandemic? It's not just America. Stay tuned, folks. Pain Pod's going to be a heck of a ride. Anyways, back to uh, getting off that plane. I got an email about um, basically an MTM program that was going to be started up at WVU, West Virginia University, and it was going to be pain-focused. Well, fast forward a couple months, and we made that program. I became director of that, and we actually transitioned that to a little bit of managed care as well. Oh, my gosh. Did he work on the other side? Yes, Prioros was something that we worked with. Thresholds, not limits, when it comes to pain management and, quite frankly, any care. Uh, that naturally led to uh, basically my current positions, uh, Director of Experiential Learning for our WVU School of Pharmacy, 
And also I get the opportunity to work in Utopia. That's what I call the WV Medicine Center for Integrative Pain Management. I get to go in there and collaboratively work with other healthcare professionals as the pharmacist. Uh, these days, you know, people always ask, and I know you've been asked this a plenty as well. Oh, are you the pharmacist? And anymore, it's kind of like all caps with the. And we all know that's Dan from Netflix, right? So my typical answer is a pharmacist, not the. Uh, but anyways, getting to work with uh, not only educating in, uh, patients and improving and hopefully even saving lives uh, throughout their pain management therapy and treatment, also dabble into a little bit of addiction care as well, because turns out people with substance use disorder could also have pain and vice versa. Uh, but overall, getting to work in Utopia, completely interprofessional. Yes, teaching other healthcare professionals about pharmacotherapy, but you know what? I like to learn too. Uh, learning so much about physical exams, you know, just simple moving one's foot. Make the alphabet with your foot. You used every muscle in your foot. Did you know that? Did you need to know that? I don't know, but I'm sure that you're going to remember it, right? Um, again, random things we'll go over in the pain pod, uh, but that's the, uh, the quick and dirty as far as uh, my, my career in a nutshell. Hopefully that was only about a paragraph or so. But that's how we got here, Todd. That's great. Um, I'm excited about this opportunity to to learn from you, to work with you. I've been a fan of yours for some time. Um, you know, what does it mean when we say chronic pain? Because I've read a paper that, that was titled, What Does It Mean to Call Chronic Pain a Brain Disease? by Mark, uh, Dr. Mark Sullivan. Uh, this is from the American Pain Society and um, really interesting paper. I'm going to have a link to this in our in our kickoff show notes, but let's break that open because the four most chronic pain um, that people will say is, hey, I have back pain, I have a headache, I have joint pain, or I have nerve pain. And for each of those is a huge category of, um, of difference. And you and I, before we started recording, you know, pain scale. Uh, I'm, I'm sitting at the primary care, um, and when I when I saw him, I fell off my four wheeler. I hurt my you know shoulder, and and I have I think I personally have a very high tolerance for pain. So he asked me, "What's your pain scale, uh, Todd? You know, from a scale from one to ten? And he said, "That's oh, about a five. Well, he offered me you know some pain medications that I didn't end up taking because I didn't really have to, and it was sore for about two weeks, but everything's fine. So. Pain is subjective and it is different from one to another. And I cannot believe other than diagnosing and treating um, some mental uh, disorders and behavioral health issues, I think pain has got to be one of the hardest um, coupling conditions for, for patients that are out there. So let's break into that. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, uh, you, you asked the million-dollar question right off the bat, Uh just defining pain and specifically here chronic pain um, ironically enough within the last year or so the international association uh, so across the globe actually redefined pain um, uh, dr kevin zakharov actually went over this at, at pain week recently and uh, one of the things that he and i chatted about was do we ask our patients you know it's great as healthcare professionals to define pain and I'll get to the chronic side, no worries. <laughs> but define pain. It, it's something that I actually like to talk about with a patient to then eventually calibrate that scale you're talking about. Oh my goodness, the pain scales. We'll get there. Uh, but just have someone define pain. It's a very, very personal experience. And it's different for every person at different points in their life and different situations as well too. 
There's, of course, the physical side, but there's also the psychological side and everything else that's going on in one's life. But as far as defining pain originally, I know we have the international updated uh, definitions, but I like to ask every patient, how do you define it? And then maybe we can uh, you know, approach one of the pain scales along the way. Uh, as far as chronic pain specifically though, you know, technically uh, we've all learned from textbooks, right? At least decades ago. Technically in a textbook, chronic pain is anything that lasts longer than it should to heal as far as that perception of pain. So what we're talking there, paper cut. Day four, that's pretty much chronic pain, right? I know, going a little off the wall. <laughs> but that's by the textbook definition. You know, what is uh, colloquially or as far as really across the globe, not just uh, geographically, uh, generally accepted, it's usually more than three months. When somebody hits that three-month mark, that's when we're in the realm of chronic pain. Tell that to somebody who has pain for two months, right? I tell you. Um, but along the way, it's something that's going to be ongoing. And uh, typically... Uh, or a lot of times you, you worry about things being centralized or spread throughout the whole body, even though you start out with a broken arm or a, uh, somebody has a stroke and then ends up with post-stroke pain and so on and so on. The different conditions are a plenty, of course. Uh, now, what that all leads to, uh, talking about that whole having a patient describe pain, how do you define pain in general? Then let's hit it home with everybody on the personal level. That leads us to the old pain scales. Todd, you know who I think does the best rendition of pain scales? It is not a healthcare professional. It's actually Brian Reagan. He's a comedian. I think he's on Netflix now too, um, but uh, very well known. Uh, and I've, I talk about this story so much. My wife, God bless her, she's heard this thing so many times that even for uh, well, one of my recent birthdays, she got us tickets to go see the guy in person. But anyways, Google it. Uh, it's the ER emergency room skit. Uh, if you don't laugh... Uh, I don't know what to tell you, uh, but anyways, uh, and by laugh, I mean like 2,500 times. Anyways, uh, we're talking about a pain scale in there, it's first off, he talks about how it's not tied directly to a treatment. It's not like, oh, a seven gets oxycodone ER 20 milligrams twice a day plus whatever else is an IR. It's not like a three gets a baby aspirin, right? Um, we don't have targets directly to the number. Then back to the pain scale. What, you know, you ever want to have fun? Just ask somebody how to rate their pain you know, one to 10 or zero to 10 or whatever you pick. Some of the best answers I've ever heard. Now, Todd, I'm not saying you've given these answers when you're talking about the four wheel and whatnot, but, um, and present self included too. Maybe I haven't either, but best answers to a pain scale. Uh, how'd you rate your pain, ma'am or sir? One, one to 10, 15. I know you've heard it. Might've even been 20. Um, well, 2.5. If you could just give me half a baby aspirin, I'll be out of here, right? Never heard that one. I know, except from the comedian. Um, how about, here's a, here's a good one. Tell me, have you ever heard this one? How'd you rate your pain? 1 to 10. 3.14, good sir. Because it's just never ending. <laughs> it's like, like literally my favorite one. Um, anyways, also it wasn't a 7 or an 8. What pain scale do, do we go by? Well, oh my gosh, there's so many different opportunities, right? Let me just hit you with the, with the one that I use. And when I say I, I mean our entire team. Um, and I, what I'm going to do here is tell you about what your tax dollars have made. So the Department of uh, Defense and Veterans uh, put together, it's a good number of years ago now, probably about a decade. Uh, they got some cool funky cartoons online describing it too. Uh, but anyways, they made the DVPRS. Join me. Say that 25 more times. It'll roll off your tongue too. The good old DVPRS, uh, Defense and Veterans Pain Rating Scale. So what they did, not necessarily inventing the wheel. It's two-sided. 
Uh, so the front side of that piece of paper is going to have a conglomeration of every paint skill you've ever seen. You're going to have your happy faces, your unhappy faces. You're going to have your numbers. You're going to have your colors. You're going to have your word descriptions of the paint. That's all well and good, but nothing new there, folks. You still got your, oh, I'm an eight, and somebody else is a three for the same paper cut, right? But you flip it over in the backside. That's where the that's the golden moment right there. They go over four things that that we actually utilize to help our patients to gain that understanding of improvement. And what I mean by that is somebody might always be an eight for the next 20 years. And with many pharmacists out there, many other healthcare professionals, they might think they're not hitting the goal. They're not helping somebody. But what about their sleep? What about their function? What about what they want to get to? Those are those other questions that the DVPRS goes into. So I, I certainly encourage everybody to check that out online. Uh, and uh, our government uh, went a couple steps forward with that of making it available to everyone to, to, yes, put all pain scales together, but to actually make it worse. You know, the patient that has chronic pain as in, and has an 8 or a 7 or whatever forever, you can still help them uh, with getting better sleep, getting better function, whatever that function is for them. So uh, I know you're probably already checking that out, Todd, but um, <laughs> that, that's uh, you know, the, the whole gamut there as far as pain, chronic pain and pain scales. I'm sure in the future in the pain pod, we're probably going to go a little deeper, but uh, that's the surface level, at least touched on that, giving people something to go by here today. Yeah, I think of the conversations that have been kicked out of social media that um, the, the most trusted followers and, and people that I follow um, our pharmacist and uh, there's a there's a guy known on Instagram as at uh, Ghana boy uh, farm D um, and um, Dr. William Marque, it, you know, works in a health system uh, pharmacy and talks about the uh, the stigma of pain, especially around disease states like sickle cell, for example. And it really makes me realize the importance of an advocate of the patient which every healthcare professional in the world, nurses, physicians, you know, pharmacists, specialists, um, even your billing person should be an advocate for the, for the patient. But we know that that's not always the case. But when we come to medications that are treating pain, especially chronic pain, what disease states come to mind in your, in, in your world of an experience, Mark, that have been um, most complex? Whew, complexities. Complexities abound. Do you have three hours? Um, <laughs> uh, there, you know, to say the least, there's a lot. But, you know, we, of course, have our heavy hitters where I, I don't think anybody needed to, to hear in a, in a podcast or on a billboard that there's a lot of chronic back pain out there, right? Chronic lower back pain, it's a thing. Um, and then, of course, we have our, our things like diabetic peripheral neuropathy. Or quite frankly, let's just extrapolate that to neuropathies in general. That lightning pain, you know, lightning sounds cool until you have a neuropathy, right? Uh, not so much. Anybody ever have uh, a Zostra? Didn't, didn't get the Zostavax injection and uh, leading with post-herpetic neuralgia? Oh my goodness, you want to talk about a pain that'll floor somebody, there is one. Um, and that can end up being something, it's, it's post, it's after the infection, but if not managed well, um, leading to chronic pain. And, you know, one of the things I, I really want to mention here as far as talking about chronic pain is that it's it's real thing, certainly happens. Um, it could actually happen because of a mismanagement of acute pain. And that's not meant to, to freak out any patients or even us healthcare professionals. But, you know, you think about it, anybody has acute traumatic injury, if it's not well managed, those, um, those neurons, they're going to be firing like no other. And if they get fried too much, 
you know, it's like those uh, the 1980s ad with the this is your your brain, this is your brain on drugs with the egg. That egg gets fried too much, we're in trouble, right? Um, and and that's a little bit less talked about actually. Um, so yes, we have our, our various conditions that are out there. You know, one that, that really prominently comes to mind is sickle cell. Um, I believe we were chatting about it a, a, another time, Todd. Uh, but that, oh my goodness, um, seeing doses of pain management medications, and of course we're talking about prescription opioids there, but just the doses that really blow a lot of other conditions, dose, appropriate dosages out of the water. But again, it's patient to patient. Uh, would it be over thresholds or dare I say limits based on whatever guidelines out there? Well, yeah, but we do have to take a, an analytical and compassionate clinical look at every patient scenario. Um, really going across the board. So there's, I, I mentioned a couple, Todd, but I, I really always want to highlight the uh, the little things that could become something chronic pain. You, you know, at the at the beginning of this uh, infamous pandemic, the COVID pandemic that we're all living through, um, yours truly, a pain guy, was in pain. Um, and, and this is actually a story that's out there uh, multiple times, very, very CE providers, uh, whether freece.com or Pain Week. Uh, got some articles even in a journal with it. But uh, the pain guy in pain was... Uh, my, my wife, who I mentioned earlier, and toddler, uh, dropping me off at the local ER on Friday the 13th, coming up on a year now, uh, because of uh, excruciating uh, pain. Let's not even talk about the pain scale. Yes, they asked me when I got there. I uh, ended up being a kidney stone that really needed to be surgically removed because it was just too big. It was the size of a 7mm bullet. Um, yeah, picture that one leaving, right? Anyways, um, that led to a lot of pain. But you know what? If it wasn't well managed along the way, I might still be in another form of pain today that could possibly be even worse, which is unfathomable. Um, and that's something we always got to remember about is it's, it's yes, taking care of chronic pain can be is always tricky, uh, but so rewarding. Um, you know, it's the here and now. You know, the studies of the uh, the kids, I did this to my kid the other day, actually. Uh, here's a piece of candy now, but if you want to wait five minutes, I'll give you two. And, uh, you know, for helping a patient with uh, blood pressure, um, hyperlipidemia, you name it. The list goes on. You know, those goals are, are lofty. They're longer. They're keeping people alive longer. But along the way, the pain for a patient with chronic pain is there every day, all day, if it's not managed well. Um, the here and now, it's the one piece of candy, but you know what? It's a really big jumbo-sized candy bar compared to two tiny little Tootsie Rolls, uh, if you get what I'm saying there. <laughs> um, so it's all of those really together, uh, Todd, you know, that, that we all have to as clinicians, researchers, everyone within society really got to consider along the way. Excellent. So if you're listening, this is an invitation to other pharmacists, other healthcare providers, other pain specialists, even primary care. We don't care. Uh, we we want to get you involved. We want these conversations to lead to solutions and working together and understanding and lowering of stigmas and just sharing with each other. That's the whole purpose of podcasting and what we do. The Pain Pod can be found at painpod.us. Once again, that's painpod.us. There will be an ability there to email us directly if you are interested in being part of the show. Um, email us and we'll we'll get you scheduled into into the future. This will be a monthly show to start out, unless um, we make uh, millions of dollars and can pay <laughs> Dr. Garofalo this full time. Then we'll do a radio show called the Pain Pod Radio Show. <laughs> That's delusions of grandeur, but regardless, we got to start somewhere. So this is the Pain Pod. We are so excited, Mark, that you've decided to be our host and. You're so much fun to work with as it is. So I can't wait to see what comes of this. 
Oh, you got to have fun, Todd. And uh, hey, as the host of the Pain Pod, let's be real. It's not all about me here. It's all about the guests uh, and the topics that we go over to make an impact on your patients' lives. You're already doing it. Uh, you're listening and you probably just worked an entire day. You probably maybe even gave a whole bunch of COVID shots. Uh, you know what? Maybe you just helped one patient today, but that person, I'm sure they're thankful. Uh, so so join us. Come come chat together. I look forward to talking with, with many people. Uh, and I look forward to uh, you know throwing some information out there that can really help us in, a, in an impactful, immediate, simple way. Uh, that's what we're about here with the Pain Pod. And we are not um, scared of arguments. If you have something to share that you feel is is controversial in the space of pain management, please bring that to the show. That makes for great conversations. And I also think it gives us an opportunity to dig back into um, findings and research and, and really be able to position pharmacists and, and, and physicians that are willing to really take the lead from a pharmacist that's really treating pain to, to really kind of unpacking things that uh, we are trying to, to, to mass market so we can get to the next patient, get to the next patient. And that's where I think pharmacists have a unique opportunity in pain management, Mark, is, is being able to slow down and do a full review of medications, full review of your conditions, and seeing where uh, pain aligns so that we can help that individual um, overcome whether it is more psychological or in fact, it is something physical or even, of course, even both. Couldn't agree more, Todd. And it, it's all, you know, there's always the proverbial questions of how do, how do we, how do we get into first off, but how do we get out of, out of the opioid crisis, the opioid epidemic, the opioid pandemic, the war on drugs, you know, answers are so simple sometimes that we jump over them for decades, one at a time, folks. Um, everyone listening, you help patients one at a time, or hey, maybe even you work in managed care and it's, well, hundreds at a time, right? Uh, but anything you're doing is one at a time. And of course, in, in today's society, we're expected to do that repeatedly a lot. Uh, but one at a time, we'll get there. Uh, and you know, here at the Pain Pod, we're about talking about big picture, little picture, uh, but making it to be as impactful for everyone's patient care and careers as humanly possible. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Mark. Uh, thank you, listeners, for listening to today. Be on the lookout. We will be having episode one. And the cool people call things like this episode zero. So we're on episode zero, just the staging episode. <laughs> and with that, I want to wrap up and say thank you so much for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Please share painpod.us with your Twitter, with your LinkedIn, with your um, Instagram. Uh, get it out there and let everyone know that um, Mark is open to conversations, building on these conversations, and hopefully coming up with new solutions ultimately to help our patients. So thank you very much. If you'd like to join Mark on the pain pod, send us an email to publisher at pharmacypodcast.com. And make sure to share the show and subscribe on your favorite podcast directory. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.